Welcome to the Becoming a Man podcast. You allow listening to myself, Alan Gilliam. And me, Chad Brown, as the co-host. And this is where we're going to be sharing our life experiences, motivation, and our stories. Welcome. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Becoming a Man podcast. This is episode 003. My name is Alan Gilliam. Um, we appreciate you guys for listening and tuning in to today's episode. We appreciate also you guys for all the feedback and your thoughts on last week's uh, episode. So today's going to be a little different. I don't have Chad with me today, but it's just a special guest that I have with me. Um, but before I introduce you to this guest, make sure you guys go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on the iTunes app. Please do us justice by leaving a rate and review. That definitely helps us out with ranking in the podcast app. Also, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Becoming a Man Podcast. If you guys have any questions and thoughts that you want to share that we can discuss on every other episode, we're more than happy to do so. But let's go ahead and jump right into it. So today with me, I got my wife, Catherine. Um, and so today we're going to discuss parenting styles and how her perspective is on raising our sons. We thought that we share with you guys some parenting styles, and I wanted her to give her perspective and thoughts on from her view of raising our boys. So how would you describe your parenting style? Um, so I would say it's a lot of respectful and gentle parenting. I, um, I believe in like gentle discipline. I don't believe in punishing. Um, I mean, if you want, at the risk of sounding crunchy, I would go so far as saying, you know, natural weaning, extended breastfeeding, um, co-sleeping, you know, so really gentle and respectful are the keywords for me that ground my approach to parenting. And and that's something you don't hear a lot today in today's society. I wish there would have been a more of a gentle parenting style from my side, um, because that would have, you know, changed my perspective on things. Yeah, as a a father. Um, What led you to that style of parenting? Well, I mean, to be honest, I did have a very different upbringing than you, so I don't necessarily ever feel like I saw firsthand. I mean, I can say I remember being spanked one time. I also remember I got slapped one time. I, (laughs) I was a teenager, and I called my mom a witch, but I definitely meant the other word. And I got slapped and I was shocked because that's just not really how I was raised. So, but I won't lie. I definitely thought like, oh, you know, I'll probably do timeouts with my kids. Like maybe I might do sleep training with my kids Mm -hmm. like before I had kids. Right. And then it's just like, you know, you have this baby and you realize like, oh my gosh, like you're already a human. You know, you're already complete and you understand so much more than you can actually say. You know, kids, they say they understand like 10 times more words than they can say so at any given moment like if your child is saying you know five to ten words they understand at least 50 to 100 so they understand a lot more than we think right and it was just like the immense amount of love i felt and then i won't lie our first as you know but as our viewers may not know our first child was super difficult he um he's a lot (laughs) like me he's really stubborn he did not sleep without being like held or next to me until he was like uh, like 
five or six months old. He, you know, was extremely difficult, extremely light sleeper. Not really difficult. He was mm-hmm. just kind of high needs. But since right. he was our first and I didn't know anything different, I just held him. Right. You know, he wouldn't take a pacifier, so I just breastfed him when he needed comfort. And um, that led me, you know, I struggle with postpartum depression, which is something I am happy and vulnerable to open up to. Um, maybe in another podcast, that's another topic. Yeah, another episode. But, um, <laughs> I was not sleeping a lot. I had a lot of time on my hands and I was researching things because all the things that I thought I might do as a parent, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, it didn't feel right. Like I I couldn't imagine myself putting this helpless little baby in a crib and saying, okay, just cry until you fall asleep. Like that just didn't feel right to me. And also it didn't work. He was really strong willed. You know, if I laid him down, be like, okay, well he's calmed down. He wouldn't, he'd get more mad and then it was harder to put him to sleep. So, um, through a lot of research, I found, um, Janet Lansbury. I found a lot of great books and blogs and about this gentle and respectful parenting and also found friends along the way that have similar views and and I don't think I ever really wanted to be like a you know a firm like spare the rod spoil the child type of parent but I also um you know I I didn't know I was going to be I guess this crunchy (laughs) and that's how it was for me it was spare the spare the rods you know spoil the child that was difficult because I really never had that experience of just that gentle parenting to where you know, when we got married and we had children, you know, when she, we, she was reading these articles and sending it to me to help me understand more. So many more. articles. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Um, but at the same time, trying to help me understand. And it's helped me tremendously because, you know, we try these different styles. And it it works certain times. Sometimes, you know, Katai's, you know, so stubborn. It doesn't. But, you know, it's helped me to the point where I have to get down on his level and understand, like I said, his emotion, understand how he's feeling. Because if I'm just like, leaving him alone to the side to let him cry it out and letting him be upset. And he's like, wow, well, dad's just going to keep doing that. Well, I'm just going to keep crying. He's not going to console me and help me understand why I'm feeling this way to help me calm down. Or he might think that I don't love him or even yeah. Cairo for that matter, you know? Putting a word to the emotion is huge. For right. Sure. And, and that's, that's what it needs to be done for every child. You know, children need our help. That We need to be there to set the example for them, you know, and cursing at them, yelling at them, spanking them, it's not going to get, you know, get through to them that way. You don't speak to a child in that type of manner to help them understand, you know, to help them cope with their emotions. Did your own upbringing impact your parenting styles? Oh, I mean, it definitely did. I already kind of mentioned this, that, um, I mean, you know, in my whole parenting, I remember being spanked one time. And for the record, I like had like low-key turned my dad into CPS at school for drawing on me with a marker like so I mean it was kind of like a deserve like oh here's a little spanking and it was not even anything serious and even then I remember my parents saying that it kind of like it didn't feel right necessarily and you know I didn't see my brothers getting spanked it's just not something I saw and then you know my mom breastfed all of us uh, my younger brother because he was truly a miracle and my parents thought he would be their last because he was a miracle um, you know, he breastfed until he was four years old, like, and it wasn't like it was an all the time type of thing. And mm-hmm. I understand that's definitely not for everyone. I right. understand that not all aspects of my parenting are going to work for everybody. You kind of just have different. to get to know your kid exactly. and see what's going to work. So, mm-hmm. um, but no, seeing my parents being, you know, more gentle, my mom did try crying it out with me and it started to work. And then my dad, he was, um, deployed. And when he came home, 
he just was like, we can't do this. You know, this is my baby. This is right. so sad. I was probably like 18 months. It's not like I was like a newborn. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but, and she said, you know what, Gary, if you, if you get up with her and you ruin all this sleep training, you're getting up with her forever. <laughs> and he said, I can't do this. And so he went and he rocked me and he'd drive me to sleep and he, mm-hmm. I, he stuck with that. So he, I either went in bed with them or he would console me and console me until I went to sleep. And he may have regretted that a few years down the road. I was not a great sleeper, <laughs> but you know, so my parents didn't parent the exact same way that I did but I definitely saw like a gentle and respectful you know themes growing up my dad actually was abused by his own father and um you know he was very emotional and I saw that and so I never like had expectations of men being like you know men don't cry and men have to be this and have to be tough and in fact my dad would like you know debuke a lot of that he would say like oh you know this is this is what's strong that i'm Mm -hmm. willing to feel these things and i'm willing to share them it's not strong to you know to hit your kid or to yell and curse and and you know my parents weren't perfect i'm not a perfect parent but it definitely shaped and kind of led me towards that direction anyway i don't think i would have jumped straight from like a super strict like military type upbringing to like a gentle warm and fuzzy but and that was kind of opposite for me. And it's crazy because, like I spoke on last week's episode, me breaking the cycle, it, you know, my upbringing actually did impact, you know, kind of my parenting ways because yeah. it taught me not to do those things. Does that make sense? Right. You know, the spanking, the hitting, you know, the cursing, the yelling and not loving and consoling my emotion by my dad. You know, it really, it made me sensitive. It It just made me stonewall more. I was quiet, I was to myself. And, you know, now with my wife helping me along the way to teach me certain things to help me be, you know, the parent that I want to be for my for my kids, it's helped me, you know, get down on their level and help them help me understand children more. Um in just reading all the articles and things that she sends me, it helps me just overall as a better person and just understand myself as well and just to open up my emotions Definitely. you, you have know. a lot of that naturally though you're a pretty yeah, gentle definitely. person so yeah um has your relationship with with the boys um benefited from your parenting decisions you know that's a tough one to answer because i've done so much of this from the beginning right um but i i mean i notice a night and day difference it's so funny because you know like i said i'm not perfect i mean they're they, the boys especially katai he's pretty stubborn he will push my buttons and you know sometimes i'll yell <laughs> and uh, but the funny thing is i always notice in retrospect that you know if i yell that escalates the situation exactly. so if he's already upset <laughs> and he's you know i mean it's the most ridiculous things right that the the toddlers you know get so upset about and as a parent you're like this is so obvious something you shouldn't be upset about but if someone came to you when you were upset about something mm-hmm. and and you're you're crying you're emotional you're you're up, you're angry you're visibly upset right. whatever it is and someone says you know stop crying you shouldn't be feeling these feelings and you can't tell someone to stop feeling what they're feeling right. without them then learning it's not okay to feel so that teaches them okay it's not okay to feel so it's not okay for other people to feel things and then you see a lack of empathy right. and um that's what is so important to me about sure. this. our son's empathy by displaying empathy to them so to me it may seem so silly if he's crying about you know and throwing a fit because our youngest Cairo is playing with a toy that he hasn't played with for months and all of a sudden he needs that toy and you know right that seems so silly to me but 
I can acknowledge his feelings. Obviously, he's upset, so I can put a word to that so that in the future, I've had it happen where he's come to me and said, I'm upset, you know, mm-hmm. instead of yeah. actually throwing a fit <laughs> yeah. because I've been teaching him these um, these feelings and right. what they what they look like and what they sound like. And um, so I guess, you know, the summary to that is when I am being the positive and respectful parent that I try to be Mm -hmm. i do notice a better relationship a calmer relationship that doesn't mean that they don't have tantrums but it definitely means that they you know acknowledge that i'm there for them Mm -hmm. and they come to me if they're upset so i think one thing that's always so important to me as a parent is that if they're upset i want my kids to feel comfortable coming to me because in the future if they're being bullied if they're being peer pressured like if their whole life we've been teaching them through our actions that they can't come to us where do you think they're going to go when those things happen? It's exactly. not going to be to us. So I would say that I have a stronger relationship with them. I would say that they um, they respect me back and they, they appreciate my empathy for them. Um, but I mean, I would, I, I'll be honest, it's draining, yeah. you know, so it, it's not easy. And I'm definitely saying that not all aspects of this are for everyone, but I think the um, principles of empathy and of respect for your kids that's for everyone that's universal you can do that no matter how your kid is and no matter what that looks like right so, so what, what do you say to the the parents that you know that are wanting to stand their ground and be firm so say if their child is acting out in a certain manner you know having tantrums basically and you you see them you know yelling or pulling them back yoking on them or cursing them or telling them bring your behind back here and, and all this stuff what do you say to to help them stay safe in those situations so i would say um well by the way that stay safe that term he's using comes from ralphie she's a respectful parenting um instagrammer her handle is simply on purpose and she is like a must follow i love a lot of her tips but um i obviously i'm not perfect so i can't give a perfect answer to that Um, because I've gotten frustrated before too. But the one thing I would say is a lot of people hear gentle or respectful parenting and you think that means you just let your kids do whatever you want. That's the opposite of respectful parenting. Your kids need boundaries. So, I mean, as a toddler, your, you know, the way you learn is by testing boundaries. But if you learn that your parents give you no boundaries, that's going to scare you. You're going to feel like you have too much power when you're not ready. So, I mean... One thing I'll do, and it sounds so crazy, this comes from Janet Lansbury. Um, She has a book that I highly recommend called No Bad Kids. She has a blog. She's awesome. Um, Janet Lansbury, look her up. But um, she'll say, so to set set a boundary could look something like, if Katai is trying to hit Cairo, I will... If he's about to hit him, I'm going to have to grab his hand. So I would I would prefer not to have to, like, physically force him. But obviously, I can't just let him hit something. And, you know, I, I can grab his hand and say... I won't let you hit your brother. And I'll say, I see you're really upset. Do you want to hit a pillow? You know, would you would you like to roar? Like from Daniel Tiger. You know, do you want to take a deep breath? What can I do to help you calm down? But I won't let you hit your brother. Now, does that mean that he doesn't ever try to hit him again? Absolutely not. In fact, two seconds later, he might do it again. But he's starting to learn um, little by little and through consistency because it's hard to be consistent. If you're upset... Right. And if they're about to hit your little baby, especially when Cairo was small, it's hard. But 
um, he's starting to learn alternative ways to deal with these feelings. So that could look like I've seen him doing things like singing the Daniel Tiger song, you know, like and taking right. a deep breath and <laughs> counting to four. I've seen him, you know, hit a pillow or smack the couch or, you know, and this is not ideal either, but he'll just roar in his brother's face, you know. But um, he, I'm also seeing him, if he sees I'm upset, he offers me the same kind of empathy. So he'll be like, Mommy, you're really upset. And he'll put his hands on my, his, um, my cheeks like I do to him. And he says oh, mommy, do you want to take a deep breath? Or, or mommy, this is really hard for you. I'm going to help you. And, uh, you know, that shows me he's learning. So one thing to understand about kids is they don't even start having any kind of emotional control until they're five years old. So, I mean, think about all of the emotions you feel on a daily basis, but we're adults and we can filter those and not just like snap at a coworker or something. Children have no emotional control. So, if we punish them and tell them that their emotions are not okay, then they don't ever learn how to deal with those. And right. instead, um, they just lack empathy for others and their emotions, where what we need to do as parents is teach them how to deal with those. So um, I guess long story short is do set boundaries. Do tell your kids, yeah. you know. And if your kid's throwing a fit in the store, the right and respectable thing to do for them would be to leave. You would say, you know, I can see you're having a hard time. Um do you want to walk to the car? Do you want me to carry you? You know, you have two choices here. Do you want to walk to the car? Do you want me to carry you? And um, when you're carrying them, you know, just say something like, I can see this is really hard for you. I'm going to carry you. We're going to go home. I can see you're tired. 90% of the time, if your kids are acting up, they're hungry or they're tired. <laughs> so, you know, fun, get, they're out of their routine. You know, kids don't want to do all the adulty things that we have to do or that we like to do. And so you, if your expectations are lower, and that sounds like a bad thing, but it's not. You can't expect kids to act like adults. You just can't. So if you lower your expectations and know that tantrums are going to happen, it stops being about you and you stop feeling like your kids are trying to, to get at you. So. Right. And thank you for sharing that. that. That really helps. So everybody that's listening, you know, take, take this knowledge and, and understand that your, you know, your children, they can control their tantrums. You know, you have to get down on their level and understand how they're feeling and set that example for them. And I know it's not easy. There are times that we second guess ourselves all the time. And there were times where we were just like, man, this is hard. Why are we even, you know, trying to con help them control this, you know, and things yeah. like that. So you got to stay consistent, stay at it and just set boundaries, set boundaries. just say keep no. going. It's okay to say yeah, no. You know, and you're going to have those easy days. You're going to have those hard days, but you got to stay consistent and stay with it. Um, and we're going to close it out here with uh, the last question. Have I, have I ever made you feel bad for your parenting choices? Ooh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there have been times when um, I can tell you're not fully on board with something at first, you know, because it right. sounds weird. Yeah. You know, I'm telling you to literally say Like in the beginning. Our, I'm telling you, yeah, when Katai's 18 months old, I'm saying, oh, you know, don't just say no. Say to him, you know, I'm not going to let you do this. Um but something that's really important to me, I am an only girl, I have all brothers, and I never wanted to raise our sons to be unable to deal with their emotions or feel like their emotions are not okay. And because of the way you were raised, in feeling like that, and you know, you're remarkably gentle and compassionate and, and emotional given your upbringing, yeah. but you know, you do have a tendency to stonewall or shut down like you mentioned if you're upset and, and I don't, I want our boys to have an easy time dealing with that. I want them to feel okay letting those things out. So there will be times that I'll, I'll put my foot down and say, you know, something that's big for me is trying so hard not to label them. So, you know, um, 
that could be something as simple as we mentioned several times that Katai is very stubborn. But if in front of him, I'm always saying, oh, you're so stubborn or, oh, you're so bossy, you know, he will start to label himself and he will be more that way. So, you know, for me, I felt like I needed to put my foot down. I feel a lot of responsibility as a boy mom. I mean, I feel like I'm already trying to teach my boys no means no. And I, a fun story, I guess, in closing, Alan and I were on a cruise with our boys and we were watching, what was that show movie? Uh, uh, Beethoven, right? Yeah, Beethoven. And this girl is in this cabin. These guys are pressuring her to drink. And then um, another guy takes her upstairs to see the view. And we all know what happens, right, with teenage boys <laughs> when they do that. Um, you know, stereotypically, of course. Um, and Katai just out of nowhere shouts, no means no. And that was probably my proudest mom <laughs> moment. And so one way you can teach your kids consent is not making them do things, you know, without their consent. Don't force them to hug someone if they say no. Or say, you know, ask if they want to hug. Little simple things like that. And I feel a lot of responsibility because of that. So I don't feel like you've ever made me feel bad for it. But uh -huh. you sometimes you weren't on the same page. But right. honestly... It is so amazing how adaptable you are and how willing you are to learn about this. And we're learning this together. Every we're day, both, we're still you know, growing. We, our, our oldest is only three. You know, we're not expert parents and we're not longtime parents by any means. So we're learning. And I know that all of you, you know, as parents or just as adults and people who care about this type of thing, I know that you're learning too. And so this is a journey and a process altogether. But um, I think the answer to a lot of society's problems is more empathy not less so you don't need nice. to repress your emotions you need mm -hmm. to deal with them and you need to care about other people and their emotions i think that a little more love and a little less hate can go a long way all right well i appreciate you for joining me on today's episode yeah, happy that to be fun. here yeah if you guys are interested to learn more in specifics about these parenting styles or things like that definitely leave a review or leave a question or direct message the becoming a man podcast i'm happy to jump back on here you know, and, and share. Yeah, also, those give them your you. uh, your Instagram handle so if they want to contact you personally about you know the articles and things like that that you've oh, come across. Um, my Instagram is at xocatgilliam. Yeah, and that's G I L L I A M as in Mary. So thank you for joining. We appreciate you guys listening on another episode of Becoming a Man podcast. This is Alan Gilliam. Uh, you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy family time. I love y'all. We love you guys. Peace out.